0: welcome to everyday dadding my name is ben i'm back and i am joined with uh, my co-host robin as always over there hello nice to see you today nice to be here Ah, uh, good. Yeah, it's great. It's great to hear your lovely voice, Robin. Um, you you keeping well
1: through lockdown? I'm coping. I'm coping. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody did say to me the other day that I had the perfect face for podcasting, and I thought that was that was particularly kind of them. Yeah, um, actually, that, that that was um a, a, there was a big nationwide poll. It was it was conclusive,
0: unanimous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely not a TV personality.
1: I have to say, at the moment you haven't got the face for podcasting, Ben, you are you have a large tooth missing, which is uh, If you could see that, that's quite something. Uh,
0: Yeah, well, you can't see it. Yeah, it's missing. Yeah, it's all all gone. But um, but there we go. There we go. What can we do? We are waffling too much. We should get on with uh, the job at hand, I think. Always. So we are very excited because today we are joined by an extra special guest. Um, So let me introduce Ed Drew, who is the director of Faith and Kids. Ed, how are
1: you? I'm doing very well. It's an honour to be here. Thank you for having me. I don't think we've had a guest um, this big since I interviewed Ted Turnow last week, actually. Um, so
0: yeah, biggest biggest guest in the last seven days.
1: <laughs> it is great
0: to have it on. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I- t- tell us a little bit about Faith in Kids. Give us the elevator
2: pitch. What, what, what are you doing day to day? Yes, uh, I spent 12 years uh, working with children and families at a church in southwest London. And when... I, uh, I sensed it was time to move on from that, and uh, I wondered what would be next. Uh, by that point, I think for having been in children's ministry f- for a while, people more and more were asking me, "What do we do? How do we do it? Why do we do it?" And really, that question is, Tel- "Tell us, Ed, what you've learned from the godly families in your congregation." And I decided we would have a go at starting Faith in Kids. Uh, that was now more than three years ago, and. The team, we are delighted. We're now a team. There's about seven of us. We exist to support parents and churches in raising children to know Christ eternally. So we're trying to be in that sweet spot that I know both of you are in, which is how does a church partner with parents to raise children to know Christ? Mm. So we do podcasts, which we may talk about later. We write resources. We have a website. We do all sorts of things.
0: Brilliant, and and more importantly than that, I get you. We we're, we're here talking about particularly uh, how to be a Christian dad. Um, do you have a favourite dad joke? I mean, th- 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 this is, this is an important part of being a guest
2: on this podcast. I'm not sure I, I have a, a joke, but the other day I did see a man walking down the road with a gate under one arm, and I was about to talk to him about that, but I was just worried he'd take offence as well. <laughs> That is excellent. That
0: is actually Yeah, that that's uh you that's um raised the bar from where we've been so far in this series, I think, for, for sure. <laughs> I think it's
2: true. Yeah, that's brilliant. Very good. Very good. What's your greatest source of joke, dad Ben?
0: been? Uh, joke, dads, or
2: dad jokes. Oh, that's right. You're right. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um <clears throat> my 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 greatest source is Robin himself, but yes. um it's a, ro- that is
1: Robin's. That, that this is his genre, I think, that that is.
2: <laughs> yeah. I do so
1: Quick, we are still waggling on the tea a little bit, aren't we? So um, uh, today we're going to talk to Ed about um, family devotions. Um, Ed, you have written a wonderful book um, called The Wonder of, of Easter, um, uh, all of, kind of helping families to, to open the Bible together. So just tell us a little bit about what family devotions are. Uh, I should say that when we wrote that book, The Wonder of Easter,
2: Uh, I described it as a book of Lent family devotions, and I discovered that broadly no one knew what Lent or devotions was. So all we understood was it was for families. So I personally now tend not to use the word devotions, because I think people assume it means there is a monastic silence, and people only speak words of profound, deep wisdom. So if your family is waiting for that sort of atmosphere and content, I want to say if your family in any way resembles mine, you'll be waiting the whole of your life for that to happen. There's never monastic silence. And in our family Bible times, no one has ever spoken in deep, profound terms. I think uh, I describe it as 10 minutes with a Bible open in a messy family where Jesus speaks normally at the beginning of the day, empowered by his spirit, miracles can happen, but almost never does it appear like miracles are happening. Uh, And as in all things, when it comes to family Bible times, I learn from those who have gone before me, who encourage me, there's very rarely fireworks in a good way, only ever anger, frustration and irritation from everyone concerned. But over the course of years and then decades, the fruit can be for all to see, which is the story of opening the Bible normally. Uh, In my personal quiet times, there are very rarely fireworks. Even when I'm just me in a room, there's still irritation, frustration and anger. Mm. But I can say it's my story that over decades, the Lord has worked powerfully through his word by his spirit. So it is just the family version of that. And it's the parenting version of that. So you don't know what you're doing as a parent. Your children don't know what you're meant to be doing or what they're meant to be doing. But by God's grace, great things can happen
1: amazing amazing absolutely and uh, and particularly in those moments where um, the kids get the giggles and dad gets cross those those are great moments i I haven't actually
2: asked the two did the two of you grow up with your parents opening the Bible with you regularly? I didn't uh yeah ben? I, yeah I, yeah I did yeah okay yeah, yeah. so I mean a, a great question if I may start is ben, what is your memory of family Bible times growing up?
0: Uh, I, I think my memory, if I was being brutally honest, is that they were, they were pretty dull. Um, it, it, it seemed to be um, something that we did because we had to. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. <clears throat> I don't remember fireworks or th- those. Yeah, as you said. So
2: tell me, if you were totally honest, Ben, what do you remember? What does stand out? If you were being really honest, I, th- I think w- so. Um, I'm
0: painting a negative picture, which is not fair on my parents. Um, I'm, the, the negativity, I think, comes from the fact that I was an unregenerate small child. Um, but what I do remember as being positive is that, actually, this was something that was important to my parents. This was something that was important in our family. And and, and actually, it it, it was habit-forming, um, but, but also meant that I think I just grew up with a sense of um, yeah, this is where we go to understand how to live life. Yeah, this is our source of truth. I, I wouldn't necessarily articulate it in those ways as a kid, but I guess that that was kind of drummed. I guess that's what it did. It drummed that in. I think.
1: Yeah. Tell me, Ed. Are, are those the kind of um, as you kind of you, you've produced this resource and you chat to people through Faith and Kids? Are these the kind of responses you're getting from parents? What What are you seeing out there? Uh, the, the responses I get from parents. I, I find
2: unbelievably moving. So uh, I, my experience is, is that most of the families in our churches aren't used to opening the Bible together regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the reasons they don't is normally a lack of confidence. They think they can't do it. Uh, a lack of understanding of what does it look like? Because, you know, the, the three of us are probably um, the norm, which is that we are three Christian dads and only one of us had it done with us regularly. So uh, let's be gentle with the families in our churches. And let's start by saying it's okay to assume you don't know what you're doing. You're nervous. You don't know how to finish it. You don't know how to start it. You don't know how to answer the questions. Your children aren't used to it. And so children not in a routine are a hard thing to get going. So let's start with a spirit of gentleness and have a go so i wrote the wonder of easter and i may come on to later mention meals with jesus our forthcoming book of family bible times <laughs> and both of them are written honestly for those families who don't know what they're doing so once a family has a go i, I was in a house um so i was staying overnight with some friends they were at a church in hull and while i was there their church was doing the wonder of Easter. They had a church WhatsApp group because they had worked out they need each other to say, mine was carnage, how was yours? To encourage each other that they are not getting it wrong. And up pinged over breakfast a mother who said, my husband has just led his first family Bible time. Mm. Now, and it, it, it was great. Now, in honesty, I would have written the wonder of Easter for that one family right there. Mm. And uh, that moves me now to be very emotional Mm. in that that is enough. If you have had one family Bible time that you have led for the first time and lives haven't been lost, do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Another story of a a children's worker in Southampton who uh, a single mum in her church Uh, three kids said look i've never done one of these i don't know where to start i've i've been persuaded by you to buy this book can you come and do one for us she went round she did one the single mum honestly said i can do that (laughs) great (laughs) so so we need to be clear it's not rocket science is it it's not it's not do not wait for the day your children sit at the table and as one say father we are ready for your profound wisdom from the bible we will not move till you are finished don't wait for that day that day is never going to come instead anything that isn't routine is painful and hard so you do one and you look at your children afterwards and say that was the highlight of my day and it won't be a lie because if you're a parent who loves Jesus and loves your children, it will be momentous. You then do it the next day and the day after that, and you look at each other after the first week, and you've probably only done three in a week because only Mary and Joseph didn't manage five in a week. And you look at one another and say, we're doing this, family. This is what it means to messily live for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Ben's recording of his childhood is what every parent needs to hear. I was bored, frustrated, but now as an adult, I say to mum and dad, "Thank you." Yeah, I was clear it mattered to you. So, so, so we kind of say, you know,
0: we're saying this is this is not a difficult thing. It's not. It's a simple thing. What? what why don't you spell out spell out for us what? What, what do you, what's in that 10 minutes?
2: Okay, great. I mean, I first want to say, I'm not actually saying it's not difficult. I think it is difficult. We we did them this morning. It's still difficult. If you asked any of my, you know, I opened the book we're using. One of my children said, please, can we not do that? Can we do this? And I actually gave in because he was holding up a kid's storybook. He's six years old. And I thought, okay, I give in. You want to open that Bible? It's a Bible. So it's difficult uh i we start with a prayer i try to get someone different each day sometimes mom sometimes me sometimes a child my six-year-old n- never prays for the thing i ask him to pray for he always prays dear father thank you for this day help us to have a good day amen i then say dear father please help this bible time not to be awful amen uh, we then read a bit of the bible i would say normally less than five verses uh i try not to do much talking Because children want to do the talking. So, if you have a principle of only one child talks at a time, they'll probably talk. Can I come up with one question for each child that is on this passage so they don't have to remember yesterday? I never say, What did we learn yesterday? because I don't know what we learned yesterday. So, they don't either. I ask one question to each child. I normally leave my wife till last. Because if it's been a car crash, when I ask her a question, she'll probably think, I'll help you out, Dad, and give you an answer that will help us get to where we're going. And then I say, should we pray? Uh, At the beginning, that's an awful thing to say, because children pray if they're used to praying. We pray until we pray. So if you're starting to pray, I give a line to each child. Why don't you pray about this? Or even, why don't you say, my six-year-old dear father, thank you that uh help us to be people who do what you say that's the parable we looked at this morning and then i do actually when it's true look my children in the eye and say nothing better will happen to me today and that's that's normally true that's 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 super
0: helpful that's that's um that's really good um i guess what let's spell out a little bit then it's difficult it's a challenge um it, it doesn't look particularly glamorous why go through the heartache isn't it easier just to get through breakfast and get on with the day You why is this the best thing that you're going to be doing that day why is that the best thing for you
2: look i am um, i'm a broken father i'm a broken father and as my children get older i am clearer and clearer that i have less to offer them <laughs> uh And I think it's probably true that there is some sort of cycle I've been through, which in the first year of my first child's life, I was clear I had nothing to offer. I think then I probably believed I did. So when my second and third children were born, I think probably briefly I thought I had something to offer. As soon as they could answer back, and probably more recently as I've got older, I do feel more broken. I'm more aware of my brokenness. God is kind to me. So I I think there is an element of, as I get older, I am clearer and clearer, I have less to offer my children. And I am praying more and more, Father, be kind. Be kind to my children and allow them to grow up to know Christ and to trust you more than they trust me. So I think probably there might have been a stage when I opened the Bible because I thought it was the right thing to do, or someone wise and godly had told me it's a good thing to do. I think now, uh, the, the issues my children have, and I, I don't think we're a particularly radically messed up family. Uh, you know, my child, my one of my children this week was caught cheating. She was in tears. My son was taking an exam and he has broadly very minimal chance of passing it. Uh, and in those two situations as a father, I can't help. I can't help either of them with those problems. With both of them, I can look them in the eye and I can say, we're now going to pray to the one who is in control and understands and loves you and can fix this. Uh, now, if you don't have a crisis, you may not say that. But when you open God's word, that is normally what you say.
1: We need to hear this because we're not going to get anything better today. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Um, and. I'd hope that that encouraged each of our dads listening uh, to say, I, I, I can do this. I can do this. So there's an American guy who does a lot of family ministry. And he says, you know, something like 80% of parents know it's our responsibility to raise our children in the knowledge and fear of the Lord. But only about, you know, 10% of us do it. There is that gap between knowing what we need to do and being able to do it. And Ed, I think that's really helpful just saying this isn't rocket science. It's hard in terms of persevering but actually this is something we rely on god for and and we can do
2: i i have a friend uh she is i think now 38 maybe she says she doesn't remember she doesn't remember a single day under her father's roof when he didn't open the bible with her
1: well that's a testimony isn't it
2: my, my kids can't say that of me no. But when I hear her sorry, and she is going on with the Lord. Mm. When I hear her say that, I want to be a better dad. Mm. I want I want my children to say, and just so you know, when they come with their children to stay, he still does it. He still opens the Bible with his grandchildren and his son-in-law. And I I want to be that dad. Mm. If they said nothing else of me at my funeral except he had very little to offer us, but he opened the Bible each day. My life would have been a success.
1: That's a legacy, isn't it? Hmm. That's a legacy. Something that we leave behind—a um, a testimony of uh, of faithfulness in that way. Ed, thank you so much. Um, that's been really helpful. Just, just um, as we wrap up, tell us a little bit about um, uh, meals with Jesus. It would
2: be my pleasure. Uh, look, me I'm, I can make a joke, but the great thing about writing a, fam- a book of family Bible times about meals where Jesus was sat at the table, that it would be ludicrous if I claimed I'd done anything special in that process. Uh, there are, in Luke's gospel, eight meals Jesus had and a story about a meal. So I've taken those meals It takes four days to go through them because, as I've said, I don't believe anyone can do five a week. Uh, If you take four weeks to do four, great. Uh, And we just walk through those four stories, sorry, those nine stories. At the end of each day, I've tried to put a sort of what's this going to do with our heart day, Because I think that's a battle for parents is to keep thinking, how is the Lord helping my child's heart rather than how am I helping my child's behaviour? So something to help the child ponder, even if they're three or four. Uh, and it, uh, it's coming out in January. Meals with Jesus. Go to the Good Book Company website and sit at a table with Jesus with your kids. And uh, you won't regret it.
1: And I think it's worth saying, um, so the wonder of Easter is also available. Uh, even if it's not Easter, it's worth looking at the cross and resurrection of Jesus. And the one thing never I love about...
2: Never a bad time. It's never a bit a awkward time. if you do
1: it in Advent, but otherwise it's fine. Um, the one thing I loved about that, Ed, was that it, it, it forced my whole not forced but encouraged my whole family to respond to engage there are questions for the youngest questions for the teenagers etc um and uh, and that was a beautiful thing uh, for us to do together as a family Ed
0: thank you so much make sure um that you check out the faith in kids podcast as well you're
2: you're really how often do you release pod, pods ed we do, every two weeks, a Faith in Parents podcast, which confusingly can be found under Faith in Kids. And then Christmas, Easter, we're, we're just doing one for Halloween. You can find a Faith in Kids podcast, which is for the whole family, 15 minutes long. Go to Faith in Kids, you'll find two types of podcasts. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, We love to hear what you think, your questions, etc. So we're currently receiving electronic mail at um, everydaydadding at gmail.com. Ben and I also love receiving kind of real royal mail as well that comes through occasionally. Um, Or go to the website everydaydadding.com for more stuff. Thanks for listening today.